everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters, a podcast that focuses on the intersection of spirituality and humanity. So let's settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's episode is entitled, You Are a Life Force to Be Reckoned With. And this podcast is inspired by my blog post for this week that you can find at RevCarla.com. Now, in this blog writing, I am telling the story about my experience um, living in exile while our home is being remodeled. I can't be there because of the drywall dust and it was just going to be easier and safer for me to live offsite for a while. And this has been going on for um, several months. There was a lot of black mold as well from water infiltrating different parts of our home. So this is more than just a remodel. This has been a complete disruption of our life uh, going on eight months now, but it's, it's a very big project and our contractors are amazing. But as I began to prepare this uh, material for this podcast, I kept hearing the butterfly effect. Now I have heard sermons on the butterfly effect before, and I've read about it, but I've never brought it into any of my teachings, but we're going to try that today and see if I can integrate it into this story about you being a life force to be reckoned with. So here we go. So now for those of you who don't know what the butterfly effect is, let's just touch that for a minute because it also has something to do with the chaos theory. And I'm just going to say right out of the gate I'm not an expert in either, but I have a pretty good understanding of what it means. And I think we can apply it to our time here together. So the butterfly effect was first coined by Edward Lawrence, who was an American mathematician and meteorologist. And he introduced this in 1972 as this concept of, about how weather is impacted. And the, the title of his presentation was predictability. Does the flap of a butterfly's wings in Brazil set off a tornado in Texas? So he popularized this term, but it gained momentum inside more teachings about about mathematics. And that is where the chaos theory comes in. Now stay with me for just a minute because chaos theory is a branch of mathematics and physics that studies complex systems exhibiting unpredictable behavior. That's as far as we're going to go into the chaos theory. I often say that it's day, I don't know how many that I don't use algebra, but actually I did use it quite a bit when I was cooking, uh, baking wedding cakes and such. And when i crocheting and I need to figure out a pattern or I'm adjusting things, but that's as close to being a, a math whiz that I get to. It's not something that comes natural with me at all. But the butterfly effect is a concept which says that small changes in initial conditions can result in significant differences in the outcome of a complex system over time. Now you can think right now and probably apply this into your life in some way. People talk about this in our eating habits when we want to change something about ourselves instead of making these massive changes that we can't commit to. It's about making these micro steps because you start to see subtle changes as time goes on. In my mind, again, I going, going back to yarn, if I'm one step off 
whatever I'm making by the end is going to be catastrophic. It's not going to work. The sleeves are going to be off. Uh, the blanket's going to be disproportionate. Or if I use the wrong size yarn, it may be imperceptible as you start, but as you put the whole thing together, you can tell that it is a complete mismatch and the project oftentimes has to be completely dis dismantled and, and repeat the process over again because it's just not usable. So this butterfly effect is named after this flapping of the butterfly's wings in one part of the world, which basically is saying it could ultimately cause some kind of catastrophic event like a tornado in the other part of the world. So most of this is largely symbolic, but weather is one of the examples of a butterfly effect, something that's happening someplace else can have impact on another place of the world or like the stock market, a minor change, or they're always looking for cues and things changing and how that will affect or have this windfall effect on the stock market. If a driver suddenly changes lanes, and we've all probably heard about these often tragic accidents, highway accidents, where some kind of chain reaction is caused when somebody just barely comes over and everybody else overreacts to compensate for that person infringing on the other lane. You can also see this in personal choices. You might not think that one choice that you're making has that kind of trickle-down effect that can lead to catastrophe, but it if often does. And I consider this an invitation to think about in your own life, how that could have happened. This could be a, actually a contemplative practice for you to say, oftentimes we're making these decisions when we are detached from our inner knowing, or we're not listening to sound advice, or we think that we have it all figured out and we refuse to make the adjustments that we need to. So we continue down a course that we shouldn't. And then all of a sudden you have this windfall effect where so many people are impacted. But there's also some misunderstanding here about how the butterfly effect really works. Well, it's really highly unlikely that this is supposed to be taken literally like a butterfly flapping its wings in Texas isn't necessarily setting off uh, some kind of catastrophic weather event halfway around the world. And it's also not about predictability in weather patterns, human behavior, even stock market or anything like that. It's more about a concept about how we live our lives and the little micro decisions that we make every day and how it impacts where we end up and how the fallout of those around us. So there's, there's quite a few things here. If you uh, listened to my podcast in July, I talked about the Alabama beach mouse and how in the 60s, Dr. David Davis made a choice to research this mouse to find that it was in danger and that he decided to move into action to get other people concerned about it, get the mouse placed on the endangered species uh, registry, which has come into today where that mouse is still protected. If that mouse hadn't been protected at that time, this tiny little mouse that most of us have never heard of, if that mouse had not been protected, that could have led to catastrophic events that would have been happening that we may not have ever known cycled back to this beach mouse. So you can go back and listen to that in July if you did not hear about my beach mouse story. I also think about um, how often we don't 
use our voice in ways where catastrophe could be avoided if we had just said what we need to say. And one thing comes up to mind, I've, I've always been a very cautious person and I've been able to kind of be concerned. I, sometimes I'm called the safety police. I cut my nephew and I have that, that nickname. But because of that, I'm also very hesitant to say anything if I perceive something as being dangerous because I don't want people to mock me in that way. But when you're right enough, you do. So many of you may know that I came from a background of animal welfare and we were hosting this adoption event and someone uh, donated some lawn chairs to us. And the first thing I noticed about these chairs was that we were very grateful to have them because we needed places for our volunteers to sit. But I noticed that the footprint of the chairs were very thin. So if you look at the base of a chair and you look at how the chairs come down, you can tell that they're that they would be sturdy based on that. You don't even think about that oftentimes when you sit in the chairs, but these seem to kind of cave in just a little bit. And I thought, you know, these aren't safe chairs. And I mentioned it to someone else. And they're like, Carla, they're fine. And I thought, no, these there's something wrong here with these chairs. That's probably why they gave them to us, trying to do something well-meaning. But at the same time, maybe not. They were just trying to get rid of them. And sure enough, a, an older woman went to go sit in one of them with a dog on a leash. And as she sat, the dog just barely pulled her enough to take her off balance. And that chair just absolutely collapsed to the ground. She ended up hurting her arm really badly. And she immediately mentioned, she said, as soon as I looked at that chair, I wondered if it was safe for me to sit in. And ever since then, I use my voice. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Now you might think that that doesn't necessarily impact the butterfly effect, but I think back on if I had said something that just would have been like, you know what, we're not using these chairs. They can roll their eyes. They can do whatever. If I had just pulled them from the floor, no one would have gotten hurt. We were in danger of actually being sued. If that volunteer wanted to do that, she could have sued us because we did not provide a safe environment for in which she could have for her to volunteer. Those, those are certain things that she, you need to assume that you are being taken care of. And we didn't provide that for her. Now, she was a great volunteer and there wasn't any problems, but you start to see how this trickle down of what our actions are in the moment and where they, how you can follow them to up to today and some of the things that happen. Now, I want to shift gears in to here for a minute into the place where I want to talk about the, what I wrote about in the blog. And I want to talk about human energy and why that has something to do with the, the title of this blog, you are a life force to be reckoned with and how we can integrate that into the butterfly effect. Because this butterfly effect is symbolic. If we look at it from this place of, of spiritual symbolism, it's about making decisions in, in the moment that impact our lives going forward. But it's also about being aware of energy shifts and patterns. And one of those is our energies that can be measured. For instance, we know that we can measure heat. We know that there's infrared cameras, I believe that's what they are, that can emit the, a signal so that you can literally see people moving in complete darkness because of the heat that they're giving out. That's a measurable energy that you can see. There's also electromagnetic energy that humans emit 
where you can, these are these uh, photons that are emitted through our, our living cells. So that's another measurable energy. There's also this bioelectric energy, but you can also get into this psychological and emotional energy. So how many of you have heard this, or perhaps you've even said it, that when I walked into the room, you could cut the air with a knife. So you walk into this room and you can cut the air with a knife. What is that? Sure, you might look around and look at the people's faces and you're like, okay, something went down here. But there's also a palpable charge that you can literally feel. And I know I'm not the only one who can be attuned to that because I'm not the only one who's ever said anything like that. There's also these disciplines around Reiki and acupuncture and pranic healing and these subtle, subtle energies that manipulate the body's alignment of energy for therapeutic uh, purposes and experiences to help with this whole uh, mind, body, soul practice. And then hopefully you've been lucky enough to be a part of one of those uh, healing modalities because they're absolutely, they're absolutely wonderful. So capturing what I, we were just talking about, there are, there's humans emit energy and some of it is subtle and some of it is measurable. So some of them you can see through the things that they can use to measure the energy. And some of them are more of these healing modalities that actually change the way we move in our body or the way energy moves through us. That's less measurable, but more in tune, something that we can feel and sense. And also with this psychological well-being, when you can feel a charge where tension has existed inside a room. And I love to tell this experience of one time I was in line at a, at a customer service desk and someone who was helping me had brought in a portable computer laptop and she was standing at the edge of the counter and she was about six feet away from a, a doorway that went to the back office of this business. And someone came into the door and stood there about 30 seconds or so. And so she was about, this person who was standing in the doorway was about six feet away from the person who had her back to the doorway and who was helping me, but she was directly behind the person who was helping me. And that person stood there for about two minutes. I think she was assessing the floor and making sure that everyone was taken care of. And then she turned and she went back into the back office. And about 90 seconds later, the person who was helping me on the computer looked back and looked at the doorway. And that intrigued me. And I said, excuse me. I said, why did, why did you just look? She goes, well, wasn't, was there somebody standing there? And I said, yes, there was. I said, how did you know? I said, there's not a mirror. She goes, no, there's not a mirror. I just, I just felt it. I just felt that there was somebody there. And so we got, she was like, was there? And I said, yes, there was, there was somebody there. I said, you didn't smell them. She goes, I don't think so. So it wasn't anything about her, this person's perfume or anything like that. She just sensed as I picked up on, on witnessing that, that somebody had come into her presence and then left. And it wasn't like this person made a lot of noise or anything. She just surely just strolled to the door, stood there and then turned and, and left quietly. And this woman had picked up on it. And we both, I was fascinated and she was intrigued that she couldn't put her finger on exactly what it was that she was picking up when she perceived that someone was there. So it's important to note that sometimes we are not even aware of what these, these energies are and how we are in, impacted by them. 
So this butterfly effect or these imperceptible yet very definable moments of awareness and energy perception and changes and shifts in the energy are here, but we don't don't necessarily have all the words around them. So maybe a butterfly can't flap its wings in Brazil and impact weather around the world. But that's, like I said, it's more symbolic about how we are receiving and, and, and responding to energy that's happening around us all the time. We are responding to it and we're responding to it from a state of how we hold our energy. Now, I know this can be really kind of new agey and woo-woo and mystic, mystical, but hold with me here for a second, because for, especially for those of us who are deconstructing our faith and looking for new words around that, it's not that we're denying the presence of some kind of mysterious divine love, universal mystery, but perhaps we're also looking for different explanations. So I'm not one to go say, oh, I'm not going to go there. That's bad energy or that person gives me bad vibes. I don't really use that kind of language and I'm not necessarily inviting you to do that, but I'm inviting you to understand that there's less that we understand about the human connection through imperceptible, but yet very much measurable energy in the fact that we are picking up things all the time without maybe not even being completely aware about it, aware of it. So these are, this is an invitation to look at this and think, okay, how can we reflect on how we ebb and flow around people in our lives and how we invite people into our energetic into our energetic spaces. That's what this whole concept around the butterfly effect is. And if we recognize that our life force is something to be reckoned with, meaning it's big and it deserves to have space instead of shrinking in because we don't believe that we should be any bigger than what our, our, our self story is or what's been placed on us, our narrative that's been forced on us through some of our indoctrinated teachings where we're less than, or we're not worthy, or we're broken or flawed, that shrinks us into a space of submission and obedience. And of course, our energy is going to be reflected in that way as well. Oh no, we want our energy open. That's where this, this love abounds. If you talk about this, this heart energy, you can literally feel the difference. If I decide that I'm going to choose love as my, as my path today as a, and as my beacon, then I can literally feel a shift in how I'm going to show up in specific situations. It's not about being open for no boundaries. It's not about uh, not expecting people to treat you with respect. It's not about any of those things. It's about just showing up with love. And showing up and being as open as possible to all of your lived experiences. Because when we do, then we start to explore our interconnectedness with not just those in our circle, but all of those, all beings. You've heard people talk about how animals just seem to respond differently to some people. I believe it's the same thing. They are picking up on energy in ways that we don't completely understand. And they can pick up a person's energy differently than the way we're picking up energy between humans. That it doesn't mean that you're a bad person because necessarily the giraffe at the zoo 
didn't seem to notice you, but perhaps it's an invitation to consider where do I just need to pause for breath and, and make a concerted effort to pause and remember that your life matters and you deserve to inhabit the space of this energy around you so that people feel you and can, and can, can dance with you before you're even within physical proximity of them because they are, we are being impacted by everyone's energy. So we have a choice to either bring it down or create tension or to show up with love. So this is an invitation for a mindful practice. This is about exploring the importance of conscious decision-making. It's about encouraging this cultivation of awareness. It's about practicing and embracing this mindfulness that allows you to be open to possibilities that perhaps you haven't explored. We often go into situations with preconceived notions about how they're going to play out. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else in doing that, but how often have we been surprised that when it didn't happen that way and how much better it would have been for us if we had just shown up assuming that something different could arrive and we're going to participate at the at the outset in hoping that something different can come from the exchange instead of just the old patterns now i'm talking about healthy disagreements and what i mean by that is you're coming into a situation with somebody who has respect for you and you have respect for them and you are coming together for the mutual good of the whole. I am not talking about abusive situations. I'm not talking about narcissistic behavior. I am not talking about giving up boundaries so that another person can continue to force a narrative over your life. This is about how you show up, but, but Having said that, sometimes when we realize we have the capacity to expand into this space around us to reflect more about who we are, it will change the energy of those who seek to control you. Does that take practice? Yes. Does it take time? Yes. Do you need to learn to use your words about boundaries? You absolutely do, but it's all worth it. So when you have created those boundaries, that means that you're putting this barrier, fill that baby up. You're less likely to have those compromised when they see that you mean it. And I know that's oversimplification of some of the things that you're dealing with. And I know it can be very harmful and I can know it can be very toxic, but just know that part of our healing can be in this space where we are learning to take up our space and to use all that we are and inhabit that. Now, that's the precursor that I didn't write about in the blog at all, but I wanted to have this invitation here to talk a little bit more about what this life force is and how important it is that you practice this. This, like I said, this could be a contemplative practice that you could create on your own. I'm, on your own. I'm thinking about the character Rebecca in Ted Lasso before she goes into this into these tense situations, especially one where, where patriarchy and misogyny are going to be very prevalent. And she's intimidated by the people in the room. And she has this practice where she inhales and she makes herself very big and she opens her mouth and she kind of hisses because she becomes this, this lioness goddess. And it's very, it's a very powerful practice, but that's the same kind of concept. 
filling your space and filling yourself with the truth about who you really are. You are a spiritual badass. You surely are. And you deserve to be seen and heard. And no one can come in and compromise that space for you. So now moving on to the blog, as I said, I'm living in exile. And I know that sounds dramatic, but for me, it, it's helped. This is the cute little tiny apartment that I write about and it's downtown and I love it. But this is the final res, uh, home restoration, I hope for a long time. And we are on the final phases of it, but there is this massive plastic barrier that's along the main entry because even though the most of the damage was in the basement, this gave us an opportunity to come up to the main entry and redo some things that happened from the first uh, damage to our home 12 or so years ago when we had a really bad experience with a contractor who was immoral and unethical and did some things that he shouldn't have done. So we're we're taking that opportunity to just get it all done right. So there's this big plastic wall that, so as you imagine a, a normal hallway in a, in a house, but it's been shrunk because this wall gives us some semblance semblance that we have privacy in our home. It allows us to be on our main level to walk from the kitchen, living room, dining room area back to the master bedroom it, with some semblance of privacy and normalcy while the crews are on the part of the house where the damage was and where the restoration and the remodeling and upgrading is happening. And because I have severe allergies to the black mold we discovered and the drywall dust, it's just best that I stay off site during this time. So here I am, even though I, I go home several times a day with a mask on to, to talk to the, uh, to the contractors and things like that. We're off site. My husband stays there to stay, to take care of our senior cat. And he's, he's good. He's not allergic to anything. And we've kind of tried to make this little date nights here on the, my tiny little patio and we're making it work and it's going to be okay. But one of the things that I've noticed is when I get there, as I move along the house, I get into this hallway and I've started to notice the routine that's happening with the contractors. I know that if the painters come, they're coming at 6.30 in the morning. I know that if the drywallers are coming, they're coming later. I know they're going and they're going to stay later. I know all this. And I also can tell by the movement of the plastic, whether or not they're coming in the front door or are they coming in the basement because the way the plastic moves. So they've become like a, a heartbeat in our house. Their life force is also part of our life force. We've integrated as best as we can to move through this area. So I'm aware of the movement of energy throughout the house and how it changes. But I've also noticed that when I get ready to walk down the hallway I will stand at the hallway and I can barely start to move down the hallway and the plastic in front of me will start to concave towards the side of the home where the contractors are working. And I find that interesting because oftentimes you'll, you know, you'll, you'll see like in your swimming or things like that, you'll see the movement behind you, the chaos is behind you. But with this wall and being completely sealed from top to bottom, you can see the air being pushed ahead of you. And the wall is caving in as I walk. And it's very quiet behind me as it resettles itself and finds its space after I have pushed through the air. 
And I find this very interesting. I actually enjoy the experience. And sometimes I'll go ripping down really quickly to see how fast I can get, how far out ahead the air is going to push ahead of me. And I've often wondered, like, what do those contractors think about the noise I'm making? But I'm sure they don't care. But they they obviously can hear me because it's not only is it rippling, I, it, is it visible? You can hear it as it moves in a wave. And as I move from the kitchen into the master bedroom, and this reminds me about my life force. And so I know that this plastic is going to be gone. I've almost made it part of a practice. As I start down this hall, I'm like, oh, here's my life force. Watch me take this room and watch me take up this space as I move through my home and thinking about how I've done this so many years in the past, I never thought about my presence and how it's changing the house and how much I miss my house. I just had a phone conversation with John Edward. Yes, the John Edward, who I consider a, a dear friend now. And he he mentored me through a situation that at some day I may share more about it. I, I did just do a video on uh, sharing a little bit about it. And one of the things that he mentioned for me is that the energy and the powerhouse of my home and not being there. And uh, at the beginning of that video, I say, I'm finally sitting on my front porch and my front porch was not only my sanctuary, but it was my powerhouse. I sat there probably three hours a day. I'll take my laptop out there to write, to have meetings, to listen to the birds and to be surrounded by my plants. And this is the first time since the warmth has hit Indiana enough past freeze threat that I've sat on my porch. And I didn't realize how important that was for my life force, how important it was that I needed to restore. And that was such a gift that he gave me. But this lesson about the plastic, and again, this goes back to that other podcast that I did in, in July about small moments mattering. And this is another one of those where this plastic is teaching me a lesson. Your life force isn't less because someone else has more energy than you. Your life force is not less because people have large egos or your life force isn't less. No, our life force is just as strong and vibrant and as important and as needed as anyone else's. Your life force going down that hallway would look just the same as anyone else. The energy in that house does not know. The energy around you does not know. It just knows the presence of someone. It's us who needs to change. It's us that need to find the spiritual meaning in these everyday moments because we are a force to be reckoned with. Creation makes room for us. Creation delights in our presence and invites us to dance as the air dances around us. Now, this plastic will be coming down very soon. Thank goodness. I'll post videos at some time, but its, it's lesson will stay with me because this is a reminder to fill the spaces where I am. And it's, a, it's an invitation for you to, sp to fill the spaces where you are because where I am at any moment in my life is where I belong. And I deserve to take up that space. I will practice this outward expression of my energy and claim it as my own because no one, no one deserves to take it from me. No one has the right to make me feel otherwise, no matter who they think they are. 
you matter, dear one. Let the lesson of the butterfly effect, hold that in your heart. Keep that as a practice that the decisions we are making now will matter, will move on. Even if you're frustrated and you think you're not getting anywhere, they matter. They come together and they move you forward, just like your life force does. Claim it. Know that when you are in a room, someone in there is picking up your energy, just like that woman did when that, when the other, her colleague came and stood in the doorway and she picked up her presence. People are picking up your presence all the time. Do not be afraid to claim it and do not be afraid to lead with love. Okay, beautiful soul. Thank you so much for listening. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on my YouTube channel, Spirituality Matters with Rev Carla. And you can also connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and also at my website at revcarla.com, where you will find information about memberships and my upcoming live teachings and courses, including Sacred Conversations with Rev Carla and coming soon Sundays with Rev Carla. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you. Go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and I'll see you soon. Bye for now.